Come on, let's entertain the presence of the Lord. There's power that's in this place right now. Jesus, Lord, we call on you. We call on you. Come on, all heaven has his attention on us right now. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, speak the name of Jesus in that situation. Speak the name of Jesus, what's going on in your family right now. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we take authority over every spirit uh, that will try to bring distraction. We try to bring anything down right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, speak the name. Speak life right now, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel victory right now. I feel a liberty that has marched into this place right now, God. God, have your way, have your way, have your way. Come on, anything could happen in this atmosphere. Jesus. Come on, loose yourself right now. Jesus, take control. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I proclaim liberty in this place. I claim healing in this place right now. Jesus, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a good God. God is in this place, church. He is in this place. I came yesterday afternoon to do some work on some things. I prayed, Lord, anoint these seats. They are for your kingdom. I felt the presence of the Lord in this place. And I believe, church, we have stepped into that next realm of the Spirit where God is going to show Himself true in signs and in wonders. I'm hungry for it. The church is hungry for it. Good to have everybody here in this place. Good to have my good friend and comrade in ours, Pastor Mike and his beautiful wife. Glad to have them with us. I want him to come up and, and greet this church. They are the, the current pastors in Clinton, Illinois, fighting the battle and doing an awesome job down there. And We've been praying for you folks, and we're still believing for great things. Praise the Lord, everybody. I 
recognize what I'm feeling in this place today. I've been through it before, and he's right. You can feel the next level going on. Some of you have been battled a long time. Some of you have been, uh, Brother Wilson, somebody trying to do the best they can, and it seems like evil follows them, gets them. Seems like you try to do good and you get disciplined for it, doesn't it? We're trying to read this through. I just want to share a passage of scripture with you, just one verse. How many of you ever had questions when you prayed and you believe God and you trust God and things happen anyhow? Isaiah chapter 57, verse 1. The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. The merciful man are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. God knows what's coming down your path. God knows what's going to happen, and that's his answer for you today. God wants to lift that heaviness. It's not that we're going to forget. Not until we get to heaven, he wipes the tears away from our eyes. What a day that will be. A lot of songs about lifting our hands to God this morning. In that first part of Psalms, when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, stop. That's all we need. He's my shepherd and I can lift my hands I can trust him through what I'm going through. God's not leading you somewhere to stop you in the middle. He's going to walk with you through. Amen. He's going to walk with you through. It's tough sometimes. It's hard. But God is able to bring strength. He's able to carry you when you can't just go no further. Amen. Trust God today. Amen. Let him touch your hearts and lift that heaviness this morning. Amen. You are definitely on another level. Amen. We, we don't serve God by feeling. Although God allows us to feel his presence from time to time. But know this, according to the word of God, and according to the man of God, it's here. Reach out in your faith. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of God's hand. Don't let go. Amen. Don't be weary in well-doing. Amen. You're going to reap. Amen. You're going to make it. Amen. So let's give God praise today, and let's let that heaviness be lifted up. Amen. Excited for what God is, is doing all around. What do you think? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just, I sat back in amazement when everything was all set up. Everybody just looked so far back. But it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. much grumbling and complaining about the baptistry I changed the lights there yesterday I got the ladder out changed one of these bulbs and looked up at that one and said you gotta be changed too because you've been staring at me with a blank stare for too long and I walked up the ladder and I had to get practically on that top step to, to reach up to grab that and I got to one step 
beyond the top and my knees started getting a little shaky and and I said this is a job for David and Zachary (laughs) so it's still staring at me with a blank stare I want to say thank you to everybody that contributed for the chairs, ones that it gave in memorial. We, we will be working on that plaque for all of, I mentioned our corporate sponsors, those that gave, those that gave, uh, sponsored so many chairs and those that did a memorial. Uh, we will have that plaque of all the memorials that were here. We'll, we'll get to work on that. But we are primed and we are ready for growth and revival. Can't use any excuses now. If you have your Bibles, I believe I have a word of the Lord for somebody here today. Genesis chapter number 26. Verses 1 through 3. reads there was a famine in the land doesn't sound like fun besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went into Abimelech king of the Philistines unto Gerar the Lord appeared unto him and said go not down into Egypt but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Jumping down to verse number 12. Amidst all the famine, amidst all the deadness that was around him, it said Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him let me preach for just a, a little while on this thought there's grace where you are put your Bibles down put your hands in here Father I thank you Lord that your presence is already here Lord there's victory I feel right now God, I believe that you are about to do the miraculous in somebody's life. I believe you're about to do the miraculous in somebody's situation. That you're going to show yourself faithful. You're going to show yourself true. Lord, even though we may fail you, even though we may fall down, God, you never stop reaching out. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you, baby, for that song. I do remember that. The Civil War came to Louisiana very late, but it stayed a long time. By the time the battle for the Mississippi grew strong, It was toward the end of the conflict. When the war came to New Orleans, the McElhenney family 
left and fled to Texas. When the war was over, they, they went home to Avery Island, a community built on a salt dome in Louisiana, the bio country. And the salt would be part of the salvation of the McElhenney family. That and some peppers. Hot peppers. A dozen years before the Civil War, a soldier returning from Texas gave Edmund McElhaney some dried peppers. And he liked them, and he decided to plant them at Avery Island, where his wife's family owned and operated a salt mining business. And upon the family's return home from Texas, they took stock of what had happened to Avery Island. The crops were ruined. The house was run over and dilapidated. All that was left was an overgrown field of peppers. He took stock, though. He had a salt mine, and he had peppers in abundance. And then he went to work. He harvested the peppers and began the process of devising a spicy sauce using the Avery Island salt and the peppers and some French vinegar. And digging through the town dump, he found 350 perfume bottles that he cleaned up and set them for use. The sauce quickly became a hit and has traveled all around the world. And today, the Tabasco Company is run by the fifth generation of the same family. And it all started with a man who refused to give a man who was determined to be blessed. Amongst all of the chaos, what can I do with this mess? What can I do with what is here right now? And he turned what was horrible situation into a blessing. Can I preach to somebody today? You're in the midst of a horrible situation. You're in a place right now that you're not comfortable with, but I want you to know there's a blessing that is coming your way. I want you to know that God is going to show himself to you. But I want to talk about a man who was only found in a, a few chapters of the Bible. and One chapter is devoted to him, and his name is Isaac. He's sandwiched between his father, Abraham, very famous, and his famous son, Jacob. But he is normally just ignored. We remember the name. But his life is marked, same as us, as triumphs and trials. But I want to read and I want to go over some things that showed what he did in the midst of a bad situation. But before I go on, I want somebody to know that God loves you. God loves you. You may not be in a season that you're happy with. You may not be in a situation that you're happy with. But let's get the thing straight right now. God loves you. Before you took your very first breath, God loved you. And he already set your future. He knew you. He knew what your failures were going to be. Before you even cried in repentance, I want you to know he loved you and gave the ultimate sacrifice for you. That's how much he loves you. 
I want you, next time you look in the mirror, I want you to realize that you're looking at a living miracle. You're a miracle. I've heard people say, my mom said I was a mistake. You're not a mistake. You're a living miracle that God loves. Think about this. I know y'all morning people, it's just so effortless to get up in the morning with a smile on your face and I know all y'all are like that, right? You lost an hour of sleep last night. Ugh. But the sun's going to stay out later. It's supposed to be 70 degrees this week. Get my buggy out, put the top down, I'm going for a ride. But it seems so effortless for people just to get up in the morning and greet the day and go about their normal business. Do you know scientists still cannot figure out why or how the brain goes to sleep and wakes up refreshed. They have not figured that out. Hmm. Because within your mind right now are millions of neurons that, that are processing all of these things and, and it results in the five senses of sight, smell, taste, touch. Right now you, you're, you're seeing all these different colors. Zachary just hates my, day, my, my daylight bulbs that is just lighting up my baptistry right now. Think about that. Your, your eyes right now is sensing all these different colors. You, you can discriminate between as much as 10,000 different smells. It's amazing. Your skin is so sensitive that you can just feel the brush of a feather go across it. Your hearing is so acute, you can hear the rustling of a wind. I used to. Until I went to a Reliant K concert. My ears are still ringing. The single human brain, think about this, creates more electrical impulses than all the telephones in the world in one day. And it's going on right now. Your emotions, your attitude, everything is controlled by a part of the brain the size of a southern pecan right now. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. Think about this. The average body right now, the average human body, contains enough sulfur in it that can kill every flea on an average dog right now. You have enough carbon in your body right now to manufacture 900 pencils. You have enough potassium in your body right now to fire a small cannon. You have enough fat in your body to make seven bars of soap. Some of us, eight or nine. You have enough phosphorus in your body right now to manufacture 2,200 match heads. You have enough water in your body right now to fill a 10-gallon aquarium. You have the stuff. You have the right stuff because God made you that way. And God made man in a perfect Think about that. We are in the perfect environment. He placed the earth in the right place to get the right sunlight for the right temperature. 
He placed us here right now. We have the ability to go. If you're cold, turn the thermostat up. If you're hot, turn it down. He placed us in this atmosphere because he knows what we like. Think about this. Think about this. By the time it finished, I take to finish this sentence, your body will have rejuvenated 50,000 cells. 50,000 cells just died and rejuvenated. Brand new. Right now, before I finish that. This is happening in your body. Your body is a work in progress. It's constantly renewing itself. Your body can make a new skeleton in three months. Think about that. You form new skin every month. The tooth is the only thing that won't rejuvenate itself. Go figure. I just broke a molar not too long ago. God designed you to be renewed. And he gives new grace every single day. You're great. He doesn't stop grace today and say, I'll, finish, I'll, I'll do it again next week. No, there's new grace for you every morning that you wake up. Every morning that you wake up, there's new blessings coming your way. Day after day after day, there's new faith and new glory that's coming. Why does he do this? Because he loves you very much. But the enemy wants you to believe that God has shortchanged you. He wants you to believe that that God does not love you as much as he says he does. I want to rebuke that lie right now and say God loves you. He knows your shortcomings and he knows who you are. But I want you to know that he loves you right now. Don't believe that lie that God has left you. Don't believe that lie that God has shortchanged you. Listen, Adam and Eve believed that lie. Jonah believed it and he rebelled against it. Elijah nearly gave up in the front of a cave. I just want to die. The bottom line, does God really love me? Yes, he loves me. Sometimes you just got to point your finger at yourself and say, God loves me. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what my neighbor thinks of me. It doesn't matter what the people down the street think of me. It doesn't matter what my family thinks of me. God loves me. Let's get this straight right now. In the best of times, God is good. In the worst of times, God is good. God is good despite my circumstances. God is good despite what is going on around me. God is good no matter what the economy is doing. God is good no matter what's going on around the world. In the good times and in the hardships, God is good. People wonder, why do you act so crazy when you worship? <laughs> you really want to know. I can sit here and tell you all day why I can act crazy in my pew. But number one, his grace is here and his mercy is everlasting. If ever there's a reason to praise him, it's that his grace flows up to you every single day. And his grace has not stopped. If ever there's a reason to praise if ever there's a reason to praise him, it's because he did not give up on you. Think about Isaac. He, he's a very obscure man. The only son born to the old 
Abraham and Sarah. He's the one that almost got sacrificed. He's the one. <laughs> Fuck you, dog. Couldn't put myself in that, that situation. Having a knife in my hand ready to sacrifice my only son. Depends on the day, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding you, bud. You know I love you. He's the one that waited unto 40 years to be married. Think about that, singles. He waited 40 years till he got married. Much of Isaac's life, if you study it, is a reflection of Abraham, his father. Think on this. Abraham left his birthplace. So did Isaac. Abraham Almost lost his wife. So did Isaac. The Philistines were envious of Abraham. And they were envious of Isaac. Abraham had one righteous son and one wicked son. So did Isaac. And finally, Abraham was tested in the famine. And so was Isaac. You see, children, for good or bad, will go through some of the same things that us parents go through. As you trace Isaac's life, you will find him learning, and you will find him going through and learning the same lessons that his dad had to learn. He, his, his life patterned and followed after what Isaac... Abraham left some wells and some altars that as Isaac went through his life, he could see... This is what daddy did. This is how daddy responded. Parents, we can leave some marks for our children. Those eyes are watching us. If they're going to go through the same things I go, I want them to know what it was like to experience to feel God's presence in the church. I want them to know what it's like when you're going through a tough time. Here's what you do. You don't give up on your faith. I hope when I'm gone, my children can say, I watched dad. He never gave up. When they're going through a tough time, dad never gave up. Dad never left. Even when I lost my beautiful spouse, God said, you stay right here. Leave some things for your children to see so that when they are going through something, they see how mom and dad responded to it, and that's how I'm going to follow after them. Leave them a little you heard of the leaving the breadcrumb for a trail for them to follow? I want to leave a few crumbs. I want to leave a few nuggets along the way that hopefully they can weave their way through this crazy thing called life. And it will lead its way to an altar of prayer. It will eventually lead to golden streets up in the heaven. Come on. We as parents have to leave some things for our children to follow after. And until the famine came. Isaac's life is just a reflection of his father's life. But it's interesting. When the famine came, Abraham went to Egypt. But when the famine came and Isaac was there, he was ready. Dad went to Egypt. I'm going to go to Egypt. But notice, God told him, you don't go to Egypt, but you stay right here. Don't don't do that. You, you stay right here. And God breaks that pattern. He breaks that. 
He shows us there's no set formulas in this. There's no checklist. Okay, I did this, I did this, and I did that. He does not wait for a wish list or how-tos. We find that sometimes. We, we, we think there's this checklist of how to receive a victory. Well, I got to come to church and I got to raise my hands and I got to do this and I got to do that. Listen, if, if my marriage was all about checklists, when I wake up in the morning, I guess, did I? Oh, yeah, kiss the wife. Come here, honey. <laughs> Tell her how lovely she is, how beautiful she is. Hug her, love her. I don't have to go by a checklist and say, yep, I said I love you. I hugged her before I, before I left. <laughs> oh, I even bought her something, yeah. No, if you're doing that, I don't know what that's called. But it's certainly not called a relationship. See, I knew what my wife loved, and, and I love shop. You know, I'm cheap when it comes to me. I'll wear socks until the both toes. Take care of my Pac-Man socks. I'm cheap when it comes to buying for me. But I had no problem buying for her. She wanted a couch. Brother Wilson, I need a couch. Coming to you. Bought a couch. I see something that I knew that she liked, I would buy it for her. Not because, you know, well, yeah, it's our anniversary. I better buy something. I love shopping for things. Why? Because we had that relationship. If I sat on the couch, bro, and I said, you know what? I, I, I really need some undershirts. I'm, you know, these are getting a little worn and stained. And next thing I know, next morning, there's a box from Amazon on my front porch. I guess has what? Undershirts in it. Why? Because if the kids, they will testify. If they needed something, there you go. Take this to your, your daughter. She needs this. She does? Okay, here you go. I was just talking about that the other day. Because there's that relationship. Listen, if you're just coming to church because, you know, got to do that on the check mark. If you're just putting a, a, a few pennies or, or something in the offering because, well, I have to. And I have to worship when the music starts because everybody's watching. If, you're a, if that's not a relationship, you ought to be here because you want to be here because God is here. You ought to raise your hands because you want to raise your hands because you want to love your God. It's called a relationship. I'm in a relationship with him. It's not a chore to praise him. It's not a chore to give my offerings to him. But I'm in a relationship. And when God says to stay put, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay put. I hear this. I hear people doing their, their dumb answers to life. God wants you to give you real wisdom about life. I don't want to learn all about life lessons through Oprah. For Dr. Phil, whoever the latest person is that people are listening to. He wants to give you heavenly wisdom. He does not want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. He wants to be the one that you look to, the one that you follow after. He does not wish to make 
to be your map. He wants to be the map maker. He wants you just to follow his plan, follow his will. He wants to be your all. So Isaac heard from God. And when the famine came in the land, God told Isaac to sojourn in a famine-stricken land, inhibited by the Philistines. Can I tell somebody right now, you've been looking around and the situation you're in is not that good and everything hasn't been going like you have planned and, and maybe not even as you have prayed and now you're eyeing somewhere else. Can I say God is telling the... the God is telling the saint of God right now, you stay right here. Don't you leave the land. I'm going to show myself faithful to you. Stay in Gerar. Isaac, listen, the place already had two strikes against it. They're in the midst of a famine. It's dry. Nothing's growing. It's desolate all around me. And to put things even worse, the Philistines, the enemies are right here. God, you want me to stay here? But God says this, stay and I will bless you. Too many people leaving the church when God is saying, if you will just stay here, I will bless you. If you will just endure all the hardships that you see all around you. Don't think that you're going to be saved or God's got something better up north of the road. God is saying, I got something going on right here. And he's saying, I want you to stay right here. Stay right here. Don't go. But he makes the promise to the saint of God. If you stay, I will bless you. To those who are feeling like you're not a part of the church. To those who are feeling like you're on the church and maybe I should go across the road or maybe I should go up the highway. I want you to know that God is saying right now, I'm doing a work in True Tabernacle and I will bless you if you stay. I've heard people say this that no one place is no more blessed than another place. I have to disagree with that. Because God was saying, Isaac, you can go on down the road if you want to. You can go to the next land where it just looks so beautiful. But you won't get your blessing there. You will only get your blessing if you stay here. Some run when it gets hard and it gets tough. Some flee. We don't see it around here, but for some reason, Elder, I've been watching these old Western movies. Clint Eastwood, John Wayne. Some black and white ones, too. They're really cheesy, but they're, I've been watching them. And as they walk down Main Street in dusty town, USA, what do you always see? Tumbleweed. Some people are like that, chasing after the next best thing. Going after that dollar. Going after that woman. Going after what pleases them. God is saying, stop going after that. Stay right here. Stay right here. 
I like watching intellectual things, Brother Wilson. There's no smarter than this guy right here. Blows me away with his knowledge. I like watching things that educate. I like watching things that give me life lessons. So I was watching the Three Stooges the other day. And Curly was on this floor that was all slippery and had oil all over it. You know what he did to stop from sliding? He drove a nail right through his shoe. And guess what? He ain't going anywhere. Whatever it takes to stay right here, I say do it. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, it's getting a little tough, but I'm going to put my feet down and I'm going to stay right here. As I said earlier, I, I, look at that purple chair right there. Baby, that's where my baby would be sitting right now. And after she left, the whole world seemed to be going out of control for me. I didn't know where I was coming or going. I didn't know what. And God says, you just stay right here. Don't worry about what's going to happen. I'll bless you if you stay right here. But God, I, I, I don't Stay right here. If you go outside of this to somewhere else, chasing a dream, chasing this or think it's better over here, you will lose your blessing. So I did my best curly imitation and I put a nail in my shoe and said, I'm not going nowhere, nowhere, no matter how slick it might be and no matter how much I may lose my footing, I'm staying right here. I'm not going anywhere. So what is God saying through all this? He's saying, I will work my blessings through all of the chaos because I do my best in the most unlikely of places. Don't you know God uses the most unlikely of people? I sometimes look at me, pastor, and I'm like, what, what am I doing pastoring the church? I'm just a knucklehead. But I'm a knucklehead that followed his will. I'm a knucklehead that, that, that just gives my will his. We forget this about God that... that that he brings stuff out of the dry ground. The circumstance doesn't matter to him. It doesn't stop him. It doesn't stop because we failed or we fall or our life is a mess. It doesn't stop him from getting something to sprout out of that. He arrives. It may be one day too late than what we wanted, but he arrives. He arrives in the darkest of hours. He clutches victory right out of the jaws of defeat. That's my God. Well, pastor, you know, the economy's getting bad. Don't matter. God blesses in the most unlikeliest of times. Come on, church. The economy may be going bad, but the church is going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just stay in the land. If I could leave you with anything today, listen to me. Stay in the land. 
You know, Pastor, my marriage is getting rough. You know, my friends have deserted me. My job is a mess, and I, I, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. There, there's so many problems in my family. I say, stay in the land. Don't run from it. Because you never know what you're going to be running into. Remember Naomi? She ran from Bethlehem during a famine. She and her husband and two sons ran to Moab, which was cursed. Guess what? She returned without them. And she returned. She called herself Mara. Bitter. She was bitter. We say this. Bitterness comes to those that run from God. You will find yourself in a bitter situation. You'll find yourself in a bitter place. Listen to me. Stay in the land. Here's the word that God gave me. Stay right here and I will be with you. Stay right here and I will show my blessings to you. Because God wants to bless. When God says stay in the land, he say, he's saying to the church, ignore the facts. Ignore the facts. Because the plain truth is God shows himself in some of the worst of times, in some of the worst of situations. And he shows himself and he finds the right people at the right time. He finds David in the back pasture. He meets Moses in the desert. <laughs> he finds Job right in the midst of a trial. He meets three Hebrew children right in the fiery furnace. He locates Daniel in the lion's den. He finds Peter in a prison. He works in surprising places. And he's going to work right in your darkest situation right now. When you can't find God and when you don't know which way to turn, that's when God is going to show himself to you. Can I say to the saints, stop thinking about leaving. Stop thinking it'll be better over here. Stay right here. God's about to do the amazing. So Isaac received this word. Stay right where you are. What did Isaac do? I don't want to stay here. Look at this place. I heard that. I hear it about Pontiac. Ah, nothing but drugs all around town. Ah, it's got this and it's got that. And I look at him in amazement, Bo. If I had time, I'd take you all throughout this town. It's a beautiful town. Just when I wanted to go ice skating, they tear the thing down. <laughs> well, it was too cold for me to ice skate a couple months ago. Route 66, and I go up and down Old 66, and I, I look as we as, as I pass Sister Sanchez in my buggy. She didn't think my car could pass a car. She didn't think that thing could do 60 or 70. I showed her. God wasn't that bad. And I look over as you go on Old Route 66, you see where the road used to be. And then I keep going back to that Disney movie Cars. You know, those people just driving around old Mississippi getting your kicks on Route 66. Sorry, it's the way my mind goes. It's a beautiful town. 
I heard before we moved up here, oh, you better watch out. There's the, the drugs in the schools and your kids aren't going to do good and they're not going to like it there. My daughter flourished in this school. On the honor system, in the band, in the chorus, every little thing she could do. And she loved it. She loved it. So when your detractors try to tell you, you might as well give up in your situation. Look all around. Everything's bad. Your family's falling apart. Marriage is falling apart. Everything's going crazy. You just ought to leave this. God is saying, stay right here. And I will fight for you. What did Isaac do? Zachary put up Genesis 26, 12. Watch this. This is awesome. So he's in the midst of chaos. He's in the midst of famine. He's in the midst of where all the Philistines are. What did he do? He sowed in that land. What are you doing, you crazy old man? The ground is dry. There's no water. It's just barren land. It says he sowed. I don't care what they say. You know, you could probably go pastor another church. You could probably go pastor a church that's twice that size. I'm staying right here. Pray for the prodigals. I'm going to pray for the lost. I'm going to pray for everybody that's in this church and for their families. And I'm going to pray for this town of Pontiac. And I'm going to continue to go on outreach. And I'm going to continue to be a witness. Isaac sowed, even though it was dry ground. And even though people were saying, you're nuts, nothing will grow. Put that up, Zachary. Watch what happens when he continued to do what God told him to do. He received the same year in the midst of a when he stepped down, in the midst of all that, it says that he was blessed a hundredfold. It doesn't matter. I pray. Every empty seat, God, there will be a soul that sits in that seat. I pray for everyone right now, and I'm going to continue to anoint, and I'm going to continue to pray. Yeah, they may not be here now, but I'm going to continue to sow because I'm doing what God has said. Stay right here, and I will bless you. So Isaac did just what he said. Because you see... He received a word from God. Some may, may try to veer me off with money. Some might try to veer me off. Well, it's better over here. I got a word from God. I got a word from God. Stay right here. Continue to work. Continue to sow. It was a test for Isaac, for obedience. Obedience. The problem we have as a church, the problem I have as a saint, is sometimes I just don't obey simply what he said. I really don't believe you, Pastor, and I believe that, that uh, I, I know what's better for me. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to do what I want to do. It's a test of obedience. In the most desperate times, Isaac stayed put. He sowed in that land, in a land that was so gripped with famine, in a land in such a harsh environment. 
mean people all around him. He sold, I like this, right in the face of the enemy. They said Philistines were all around. Sowing my seed right in the face of the enemy. Every time I come to a prayer meeting here, every time when this body is racked with pain, when my emotions are a mess and everything just seems spinning out of control, I'm still going to sow. When the devil says it's a lost cause, I'm going to sow. When he says there's not going to be a revival in Clinton, you continue to sow. There's going to be a revival in Clinton. There's going to be souls that are going to be saved. He's going to have a thriving revival. Church, why? Because we sow in the face of the enemy. So you can simply roll over, play dead, or you can listen to the word of God. Stay. Stay. Sister Andy, stay. Continue to sow. You may not see the results right away, but God said, if you will stay and you will continue to do the work that I have called you to do, you will be blessed. Isaac had nothing but a handful of seeds, dry ground, mean people. But it said he was blessed a hundredfold. How much faith did that take? You're basically sowing in a desert. There's not a cloud in the sky. It hasn't rained here in a long time. But I'm putting seed in the ground. Because God said to stay. See, that's where walk by faith and not by Because we can get a little scared if we look around what's going on. Nobody can afford anything anymore. Everything's going up. I got an increase April 1st of 9% on my equipment. I already had a 7% increase January 1st. Customers are yelling at me like I'm, like I'm pocketing that money. That ain't me. I'm really surprised that the company that shipped these chairs, they quoted me $700 for freight. I'm surprised they held on to that. I was expecting it to be a lot more when that bill comes through. Well, you got, you know, the, the, the final cost of the chairs, but that $700 that we originally quoted you, well, it's probably now $1,100. But they stuck to it. I'm glad they did because if you would have seen it, it was a mess. We were the first stop on the truck driver's route. He had to go here. Oswego and Aurora. That was his route. Here first, Oswego, Aurora. Stop it. <laughs> Making fun of how I talk. So guess what was on the back of the truck, Elder? You would think, we're the first stop. Ours is right there. No, they loaded it backwards. Aurora's was from here to the wall of, of, of moving these, these stupid chairs to the back. It was a mess. And 
even got one chair that's bent. The one back there, does it, if you got a back problem, sit in that one. It becomes this one. <laughs> you're having posture problems, sit there in that corner chair, and you will learn how to sit properly. Everything is going up. I went to Walmart. I'm thinking, it's getting warm. I'm ready to barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Got my smoker. I'm going to get smoker. It's $16 for four little pork steaks. You just buy a whole roast and have four little pork at that price. Everything is going up. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it cuts into my cookie money, but I'm not worried about it. God says, I will bless you. I'm not worried about what's going on. I'm not worried about, I'm, I'm concerned, and I pray for our government, and I pray for what's going on around the world, but I can't live in fear and worry about what's going on. God governs my, he, he, he governs the economy of this church. He will govern your economy if you will just put your trust in him and you do what he's telling you and stay and work. What can I do, pastor? I... I can't play a bass. That's why I got the professionals up here playing it now. Can't play an instrument. I can barely sing, and it's a joyful noise. I don't know what people talk about. When I'm in that car, I sound just like Brian Duncan, man. Love takes time. I'm rocking away. I sound just like him. put on a Facebook post about this a couple years ago and how, what a, a sound guy and you hear this girl and she just sounds so beautiful and she's singing this, 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 this worship song and this guy's working this sound booth and he's working to make her sound good and, and then it goes to the other side of the glass where she's singing that's me behind the glass I sound really good so you may not be up at this platform teaching or preaching or in a Sunday school room, but listen, you can work for God's kingdom. Keep sowing the seeds for your neighbors, for your family, for your friends. Those who cleave the church, it looks like a football field now. First down, first down, first down. That'll, that'll fix itself. If you clean the church, God bless you. You're doing it for the kingdom. If you cut grass, thank you. That's for the kingdom. You're laying seeds. You're working for the kingdom. Because when somebody comes into that parking lot, we want this place to look spectacular. And we don't have a balcony. We, we don't have some of the things that the other churches have. But man, I... And it's because you believed in it and you planted a seed. He was walking by faith. You think Isaac just, how some of us are with our, our offering, a little tight? Drop that one little seed. I bet Isaac said, God is going to bless me right now. I'm not just going to put one little seed down. I'm going to I'm going to sow 
and I'm going to sow. Because if you sow cheaply, you reap cheaply. It said he reaped 100 times over in that same place where the famine was all around him. But guess what? He was blessed. His crop grew. He wasn't worried about what's going on. Can I say to somebody right now, you're getting frustrated because God hasn't answered a prayer. You're all around in in all this chaos and wondering when's it going to end and when am I going to feel something. I say, hold on. I want you to get this in your brain. I'm expecting a harvest. Mama, those prayers that you prayed, they haven't gone to waste. Someday you're going to receive that harvest. Come on, those grandbabies that you're praying for, it's not going away. Someday you're going to see a harvest. Come on, true tabernacle, those prayers for the prodigals, it's not going away. We're going to see the harvest. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting souls. I'm expecting prodigals. I'm expecting a harvest. I'm expecting revival. Expect it in your life. Remember what Jesus said about good ground. Zachary put up Matthew 12, 23. Jesus said, but he that receiveth seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth fruit. Watch it. He, he, he brings this up. Matthew 13, 23. Did I, did I not give you that? No, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. That's one chapter off. I'm wondering why everybody's just staring at me with this blank stare. Oh, Mr. Visual Guy waiting on you. It's my fault. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word. I understand it. And which beareth fruit and bringeth fruit, such as watch. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. So you've got three different measures of blessing. Guess what Isaac got? He got the best. He got the most. Can I say, you're about to receive a blessing. But if you do what God is calling you to do and you're doing what God has, stay right here and work. You're going to get that blessing. You're going to see that thing come through. Isaac obeyed the word of God and he received the ultimate, the most blessing, the maximum. God does his best in the driest of places. Stand with me. speaking to the person you're in a dry dusty area of your life joy seems to have left you you seem alone and abandoned it seems like you're out there trying to fight this fight alone nobody understands what I'm going through nobody understands the situation right now 
It may seem that way. But my God knows what you're going through. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You're right on the, I felt this in my spirit as I was preparing for this and in prayer. You're on the fringes right now. You're right at the door debating, do I go out and leave and not come back? Or do I stay? in my moment of desperation in my car I didn't really take any work off when my wife passed I'm the type of guy I, I need to stay busy keep myself occupied I think I took a couple days off just to get some things straightened out I remember vividly going down the road seat that she stood next to me on on some of my last trips traveling all throughout and I really did think I couldn't do this because she was just such a force she was such a help I remember crying and saying God I can't because when I was there she was the one that was there I know you can do this baby there's not a physical body there but I have planted myself right next to you and you can do this if you stay all eyes closed I feel the Holy Ghost in this place Lord I thank you for your presence Lord when times when our emotions get the best of us our circumstances just seem so dire and bleak where we wonder what's the use of even going on nothing has turned out like I planned everything has backfired on me the things that I were planning on doing is now gone I'm 
speaking to somebody right now. You feel left alone. Like God has let you down. I didn't sign up for this, God. This is now how I wanted it to be. God is saying, if you will make that decision right now to continue on, I will be with you and I will bless you. In the name of Jesus, I feel a powerful spirit of God. These altars are open. If you want to come and make that statement, I'm not going anywhere. I want you to come right now and God will bless you for your decision. I know it's hard. I know what you're going through is tough. But if you just step out in faith and say, I'm not going anywhere. God is promising, I will bless you. Come on, receive what God has for you in this place. Come receive. Get your encouragement. I'm not going anywhere, God. No matter how hard it gets, I'm not going anywhere. 